Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, it's the week before Christmas, and I know that uh, many of you will be spending time with family and friends over the next couple weeks, which is always a mixed blessing, because for many of us, we'll be spending time with believing and unbelieving family members, and This is just part of the reality of sin and grace. Jesus said, I've come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a person's enemies will be those of his own household. And and, man, we feel that, I think, around Thanksgiving and Christmas especially. The gospel divides families according to how individuals respond. So what we hope to do on the program for the next couple, for the next several episodes is to equip you to be able to navigate some of those conversations by talking about conversion. I think conversion is one thing that everyone assumes, and therefore oftentimes the real meaning of conversion is obscured. But conversion, in fact, is the greatest change that a person can undergo in this world. So let's start there, brothers. But let's first of all start negatively. What is not conversion? What is not conversion? Hmm. Uh, well, am- among many things, is not conversion. Uh, being a really nice person mm-hmm. is is not being converted. There's there's a lot of really nice and outwardly, you know, from the from the human perspective, uh, you know, decent moral people who are not converted to Christ, uh, who who do not know Him. Right. It's it's not moral resolve. It's not just a resolution to be a moral individual. It's. Uh, you know, I mean, we have neighbors that don't throw cigarette butts in the flower bed, and they don't leave bicycles in their yard, and they don't do a lot of things, and they keep their garbage can behind the fence. And But that's not all conversion. It's not just being upstanding moral citizens. And also, it's, it's not simply feeling guilty about your behavior. I mean, even if you're not a moral upstanding person, it's not fe- conversion is not feeling guilty about your behavior. Yeah. Well, and uh, let me throw in there also, uh, it's not, conversion is not believing in God. Mm -hmm. Uh, As the New Testament tells us, uh, the demons believe Mm -hmm. and tremble. Right. I think um, Jesus spoke some of the strongest words in in Matthew chapter 7 when he is saying, not all that say to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. So there's people that will make a uh, an outward profession and say, and even call God or Jesus Christ Lord, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will come to me and say, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And you think all of those are, are great things. All of those right. are wonderful right. things. And Jesus says, and on that day, I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me. And I think it's the same thing that we have in, in society today with regard to even the celebration of Christmas. You have people that um, do all of these 
things that in um, themselves are not necessarily wrong, but you, they they um, kind of immerse themselves in the commercialism, the 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 sentimentality, all of these other activities of Christmas, and then they sprinkle a little bit of Christ in with it. Mm-hmm. And they, they quote-unquote celebrate Christmas, but in essence they, they have forgotten the heart of Christmas is Jesus Christ came to earth as a human in order to go to Calvary's cross to pay for the sins of his people. Mm-hmm. It's it's like every pop singer who comes out with an album of their own Christmas music will throw in at least one genuine Christmas carol that speaks of Christ. Yeah, and all of that activity doesn't hide what Jesus was saying in Matthew 7. You can't do all of this activity and then sprinkle Jesus Christ on top and say that I'm doing it in his name without a relationship. Jesus is saying, I didn't know you. Yeah. And this goes right. far. This goes far deeper than just the uh, Christmas season, because there's, there you know, a false convert is, might be excited about heaven, but bored by Christians in the local church, and, bore, uh, and bored by Jesus. Even. Bored by Jesus, they think heaven will be great, but you know, it really doesn't matter whether God's there or not. It, they they like Jesus, but they don't sign up for the other parts: obedience and holiness, and discipleship and suffering, and uh, you know, so. You know, they're they're actually sometimes they're bothered more by other people's sins than their own. Yeah, I, go ahead. I was just going to say. I mean, I don't know if people have been uh, did watch or have been watching the the funeral of uh, George H. W. Bush, and I'm not making a comment on the religious um, state of George Bush. I don't know the state of his soul, and I'm not going to attempt to to try to diagnose whether he was a true child of God or not. However, it was fascinating to me listening to the sermon. And to the the messages given, the eulogies, and all the rest at the at the funeral, that the most important thing they kept stressing about George President Bush right now is that he's with Barbara and that he's with uh, his daughter Robin that had passed away. Now I also believe that heaven is going to be wonderful because we will get to see our loved ones mm-hmm. um, that have gone before us. But that so pales to the essence of heaven, which is that we get to behold the Lord Jesus Christ in all of his beauty. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, no matter how deep our love for our loved ones is, that doesn't compare to the the, the real heart of heaven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just fascinating to me that we've we've minimized heaven in that way. That's right. Well, and even in the, in, the, in the funeral procession itself, you know, uh, Trump got, and I'm I'm not making a political statement either. <laughs> Trump got blasted for not reciting the Apostles' Creed while the other presidents and their wives did, and and it's like that's not the essence of conversion. Uh, the fact that the other presidents were reading the Apostles' Creed is does not make them any more Christian or less Christian than Trump, who it, abstained. It might only mean they're literary. Exactly. I mean, so being being converted, uh, being in the, being in a church does not mean you've been converted. Being baptized does not mean you've been converted. Taking the Lord's Supper does not mean you've been converted. Having a Bible on your bookshelf does not mean you've been converted. None of these things being are baptized, s- be, making a profession of faith. Yep. None of those things are true signs of mm-hmm. perf- of conversion because non-believers can do those things. Yeah, you guys are reminding me of uh, something from church history that. Uh, when John Wesley was converted, 
and many people know his story of you know going going to the meeting at Aldersgate and and the way he described it his heart was strangely warmed mm-hmm. uh, when they when they studied uh, Paul's letter to the Romans um, this was and, well, go ahead. Yeah, it was a long time ago. It was even before I was born. <laughs> That's hard yeah. to believe. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, and this was after his missionary yes. journey. Yes, after, yeah. after, after his... He'd gone, to, his, he'd gone to America to save the heathen, and he yes. realized he needed to be saved himself. Yeah, being he, a missionary does not mean you're converted. Being a missionary does not mean you're converted. He had a he, holy club. It didn't mean right. he was converted. That's right. And, and he, but, it, but he observed in the lives of the Moravian Christians you know, something that he didn't have. Mm-hmm. Uh, a hard knowledge of Christ, but anyway, um, you're talking about baptism doesn't make you a Christian. All, all these, uh, when when he was eventually converted to Christ, and his own heart uh, broken open, uh, and, and uh, Christ taking m- moving into his life, um, he looked out at the Church of England at his time, and his observation of the Church of England, he said they are baptized but not converted. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then it became his life's mission to bring the gospel to the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this is the great message of the book of Hebrews. It's about possession, that you have a faith, not that you just simply profess mm-hmm. a faith. Mm-hmm. And the book has been troubling for, for many because they read into it that you can lose your salvation Right, and and the author of the Hebrews is not saying that you can lose your salvation. What the author of Hebrews is saying is you can be around religion and have the residual effect of being attached to religion without having the true essence of faith. Yeah. Well, and that's what you see. I mean, if you look at the Gospels, I'm so glad you brought that up, Phil, about what Wesley's life mission was. Look at the Gospels. Who is Jesus speaking the parables to? He's speaking the parables to the visible people of God. In other words, Jesus was evangelizing the church. And the substance of all those parables are mind-blowing because when he talks about the five foolish virgins and the five wise virgins, think about what that's saying. Both sets of virgins were believing in a bridegroom of sorts, and yet it was the five foolish ones who were shut out. In other words, people who were connected to the visible church who who even have a visible profession of faith. Mm Mm-hmm. We're not saved. And the parables are, are over and over again the same message. You think that you're in, but you're not in. You think that you're in, that you're not in. And so this idea that G- Jesus was very concerned about true conversion, even amongst the visible church of right, God. Right, And this, this is always difficult because when we talk about what conversion is not, then sometimes we get the impression, well, then all of those things are negative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then, then I, I, I'll just not do those because if that's not conversion, and we've got to be careful because at that point, I think you just threw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. Right. Um, right. All of those are positive things, yeah. necessary things, mm-hmm. but they have to have something underneath of them as a foundation. Yeah. yeah. So what is conversion then? Well, it's the, it's the difference between head and heart. And you know, you, some people miss uh, Christianity by 18 inches. You know, there's, you know, it's still in their head, but it's never taken possession of their heart. Uh, conversion is the flip side of, uh, you know, the regeneration that the Holy Spirit works in our life. Uh, it is uh, our response to 
the new birth that he's creating in our life, uh, the ability to begin to think God's thoughts after him, you know, to be able to understand exactly what he's saying and, and what the gospel really is, that I've been, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a sinner incapable of saving myself, and, and God has, by his grace, given me the gift of his son, which we celebrate here at uh, Christmas time, who came to the cradle to go to the cross, and and so now the the overwhelming thought of what he's done for me moves me to repentance and faith in him. Yeah, it's those two words that I think are so so key that Jonathan just talked about: faith and repentance. And people get all caught up in which one comes first. What is there an order? No, it doesn't matter. They're, in Scripture, they're always together. They're always paired. You, you re- repent of your sins. You turn away. You, mm-hmm. you abandon. You, you hate them. And you embrace Jesus Christ. You trust in him alone. Mm-hmm. That's what faith is, that you understand that there is nothing in you that can merit salvation, that it's necessary that you trust in what Jesus Christ accomplished in his, his birth, life, death, resurrection, and ascension. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at... Uh, John chapter 17, where Jesus uh, prayed for us. Another, another word for conversion is to have entered into eternal life. Uh, when, when you're converted, you enter into eternal life here and now, just not, not just when you die. But Jesus said in John 17, and this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Mm-hmm. Know you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and listeners may know that that's a very intimate term in the Bible, uh, to, 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 to know God, to know him personally, intimately, and to know Jesus whom he has sent personally, intimately. That's the essence of conversion. Amen to that. Well, we've been talking about conversion on today's broadcast because Christmas is coming up next week and we want to equip you. You know, you're going to be with your family. You're going to be with your friends and maybe you don't know where to start in some of these conversations with those who 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 think that they're Christians but they are not attached to Christ. So keep on listening this week and we're going to provide some signs of, of true conversion. We hope you'll join us tomorrow. This has been the Gospel for Life. 